Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 10.23 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. It's the 18th day of August 2023, and this is episode 776 of Bitcoin. And wow, wow, wow. I haven't seen one of those in a while. You know what I'm talking about. Great big red dildo. That's, nobody ever wants to see it. But in your heart of hearts, can you tell me that you weren't expecting it? You didn't? kind of feel it in your gut it's like man this shit this thing's going sideways way 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 too long and then you get a couple of drift downs and then it goes sideways and then it drifts down a little bit and it's like oh man at that gut feeling is what a technical analyst calls weakness it was bitcoin was displaying some weakness because everything nobody knows what the hell's going on Nobody, I mean, not just in Bitcoin. We're talking like macroeconomic forces here. Nobody knows what the hell's going on. Everybody's confused. Nobody knows what anything costs. So there's always going to be this weird tension. Now, some people, some people are saying that it's all because of Elon. It's all his fault. That son of a muckraking, ape-faced douchebag. That's probably not his fault. It's probably the reactionary forces that came after the announcement. What am I talking about? Well, let's do this one from Cointelegraph. Prescient Ja is writing it. SpaceX Bitcoin write down sparked confusion. Bitcoiners quiz Elon Musk. Yeah, <laughs> so did his teachers. He didn't have to pass much. He just needed to figure out how to get subsidies out of the United States government. SpaceX's Bitcoin write-down report on August the 18th sparked confusion among the crypto community. The report published in the Wall Street Journal puzzled many who questioned whether SpaceX held $373 million worth of Bitcoin and sold it in 2021 to 2022 or whether they only reduced their Bitcoin exposure by the same amount. Several social media outlets reported that SpaceX had sold its entire BTC holdings, while others expressed uncertainty, claiming that they were unable to confirm the amount based on the wording of the report. Okay, fine. Elon Musk revealed in 2021 that SpaceX holds Bitcoin, as does Tesla, on its balance sheet. While Tesla's Bitcoin holdings were made public, there were no estimations about SpaceX's BTC holdings, which has been key to the ongoing confusion. Tesla once held $1.5 billion worth of BTC purchased during the bull market, but revealed it sold 72% of its holdings in the second quarter of 2022. The SpaceX write-off claims were also believed to be one of the key catalysts behind the $2,000 BTC price drop, although several others denied it being a cause. 
Musk hasn't addressed the issue yet, but the market FUD made him a target of Bitcoin proponents who questioned his strategy of buying high and selling low, while a few others called it market FUD. One Reddit user wrote that Musk is running out of cash across all of his companies, suggesting that Musk might sell all of his Bitcoin and Doge holdings within the next six months. Users on X, formerly Twitter, also called out Musk for his paper hands, a term used for those who sell their BTC holdings prematurely. Others linked the BTC right down to X's ambition of becoming a payment giant. While the dilemma around SpaceX's BTC holdings continues, Bitcoin proponents advocated traders to hodl BTC and not fall for the market FUD. Bitcoin's price was trading at 26433 at the time of writing, having overcome the $26,000 resistance level. BTC's price decline of 9% last night also led to a sharp downturn in the altcoin market where top altcoins recorded double-digit declines. Okay, so that's the one that's out of Cointelegraph. There's another one that we've got from Coindesk that spells out a little bit more about how it's not Elon's fault. It's not It's not the Musk man. Because they're saying, or Shara Malwa is actually writing, no, no, Elon Musk's SpaceX isn't the cause of this multi-billion dollar Bitcoin bloodbath. Yeah, like, this is the only one that we've ever seen. Are you kidding? Uh, quote, just woke up, who sold? End quote. This is what first crossed the mind of Ritika, a Dubai-based Bitcoin and crypto trader during her usual routine of checking prices after waking up. Pausing. If you're trading this crap, you don't sleep. That's the whole problem. That's the whole problem. You can't ever go to sleep. It doesn't matter what time zone you're in. If this is the this is one of the reasons why Wall Street closes at what, three o'clock? Eastern Standard Time or whatever it is that they close. 3.30, I can't remember exactly when it is. And and they don't open on the weekend. Uh, We like to boast that, oh, well, Bitcoin never shuts down, never closes. And while true, it is not healthy. If you are a crypto trader or a Bitcoin trader, stop it. You just buy Bitcoin and you hold Bitcoin. Because you don't get this. You you won't have to worry about an unexpected and major sell-off in the crypto markets jolted Everyone, after what had been a boring few weeks, apparently somebody poked Bitcoin with a stick again. Rika's surprise was likely worldwide among traders and crypto hopefuls, given how sudden and deep the losses actually were. Bitcoin plunged on Thursday as traders sold the token in mass, based on several unrelated catalysts, causing the crypto markets to lose 6.7% overall in capitalization in what marked one of the biggest drops in recent months. As of about 6 a.m. or, well, 0600 UTC Friday, Bitcoin had fallen as much as 9% over the past 24 hours to 25,000 from 28.5 on Binance, leading to a market-wide slump that sent major tokens like Litecoin tumbling by 14%. This caused more than $1 billion in crypto futures to be liquidated, a 14-month high. Some pointed to space exploration company SpaceX's supposed Bitcoin sales, an unsubstantiated claim, while others said the bankruptcy of China's Evergrande may have had something to do with the fall. However, neither of these events are the probable cause. A Wall Street Journal report 
Late Thursday, citing internal company documents, noted Elon Musk's SpaceX had written down the value of its Bitcoin holdings in 2021 and 2022 and has sold the cryptocurrency. But that report came out before the plunge and there's zero evidence the company sold again on Thursday. Professional traders say market structure and liquidations were a likely reason for the sudden drop instead of a singular fundamental catalyst. The market has also been relatively illiquid and flat, creating conditions ripe for sudden movements. Quote, we've seen BTC open interest ramp up in position with a bias to shorts, said Decentral Park Capital trader Lewis Harland in a message to Coindesk. The break below 28.5 led to material volumes of longs being BTFD'd or liquidated. This has been combined with spot selling ahead of the date, likely anticipating further delays. Open interest refers to the number of unsettled futures contracts for any financial asset. In a flat market, the rapid building up of a significant amount of future positions sometimes causes prices to fall quickly in the event of a large sell-off by an influential, influential player. That is because as prices fall, long traders have to sell their positions to avoid getting liquidated adding to increased selling pressure, but at the same time, creating an endless loop of falling prices and long position covering. Data shows most of the liquidations took place on crypto exchange OKX, accounting for nearly 40% of the entire market. Holy smokes, man. Some fundamental catalysts, however, are the rising interest rates in the United States, as previously reported, quote, U.S. interest rates are rising to multi-year highs. The 10-year yield has pushed to 15-year highs. This is bearish risk assets in general, Harland added. If this sell-off in bonds continues, we could see continued negative price action in risk assets into the weekend. (coughs) Elsewhere, analysts at on-chain data platform CryptoQuant told Cointelegraph they expect sentiment to remain bearish in the days ahead, citing increased funding rates from short traders and those who bet against the prices. Funding rates are periodic payments made by traders based on the difference between prices in the futures and the spot markets. Depending on their open positions, traders will either pay or receive funding. These payments ensure there's always participants on both sides of the trade. High rates can lead to price volatility, thus increasing both futures and spot market movements. Meanwhile, traders seem to be waiting on a grayscale court ruling about the issuance of exchange-traded funds, a ruling widely expected to be announced today, Friday. A federal appeals court will publish its ruling on the ongoing grayscale versus SEC case that would determine if the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission was unreasonable in its repeated denial of grayscale's proposed Bitcoin ETF. The ruling in grayscale's favor is expected to create a market-wide surge, while the opposite could jolt markets further. Oh, no. Let's let's find out. Is Let's see if there's an announcement. Hold on. Gray scale. Now, let's see if, let's see if there anybody, any decisions have been made yet this morning. Uh, I got nothing. Wait. Oh, wait. Ah. Forex Live has this uh, headline. says, No grayscale versus SEC decision today. Uh, Eyes are on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit 
for a potential decision on the Bitcoin spot ETF case with Grayscale suing the SEC for approval. Some are pointing to slate a slate of decisions today set for 11 a.m. Eastern time, but that came and passed with four decisions and nothing on Grayscale. Okay, so they punted and they didn't even tell us why. So as far as right now, this is like, I think this was written or published yeah, about two hours ago or something like that. Um, so we don't know. We don't know. Not yet. Unless there's some other news story floating around there that said that they finally made a decision. But in, in, with all of this crap going on, right? With all of this crap going on, there's a poor, poor person who just got hammered. And that person was holding on to BNB. And he's the hacker of BNB. Ezra Boguera, Cointelegraph, BNB hacker loses over $53 million after getting liquidated in the market crash. <laughs> this is why I don't shitcoin. The sudden market pullback in the crypto space liquidated many traders. And according to data shown on the blockchain, the attackers responsible for the infamous BNB smart chain exploit, which led to the theft of almost $600 million worth of BNB tokens. On October the 6th, the cross-chain bridge by blockchain network BNB Smart Chain was suspended because of an exploit that allowed the hacker to make off with 2 million BNB tokens. On August the 18th, a crypto wallet linked to that exploit had its collateral worth more than $53 million liquidated on the crypto lending platform Venus Protocol, according to blockchain security firm PeckShield. The hacker apparently used the tokens as collateral for a $30 million tether loan on the protocol. Oh my, on August the 18th, the entire crypto market suffered a 6% drop. Yeah, we know that. We just went through that. The BNB smart chain hackers were also affected as the price of BNB dropped below 220 bucks. According to blockchain data, three positions linked to the wallet were automatically liquidated after the price fell. At the moment, BNB is trading at $218 per token. While many suffered losses as a result of the massive drop in the market, some were able to minimize the damage. Days before the crash, a crypto whale sold 22,000 Ether uh, worth around $41 million and avoided a potential loss of over $5 million in value. Despite this, the crypto traders still lost around $1.7 million in the trade. Don't trade this stuff, man. This, this stuff is toxic. It... Even Bitcoin is toxic when you trade it. That's what people don't get. It is not, I mean, it's an instrument that can be traded, but the minute that your mindset goes to, I'm going to trade it, even if, you're, even if your goal is to get more BTC, which most traders don't do. Most traders don't do that. Most traders are just looking for just straight up cash. And these are instruments that they don't really necessarily really care about. They just want to be able to manipulate or get a, get trades in and out at buy low, sell high, make you know make U.S. dollars and go. I don't know, buy pizza, whatever it is that you're gonna, whatever it is that you're gonna go do, right? So the point that I'm making is, even Bitcoin becomes toxic when you convert it to an instrument that is supposed to make you more stuff. There's no value being etched in history with trading futures and derivatives, whether it's financial, like the legacy financial markets, 
the crypto markets, or just straight up Bitcoin. Trading Bitcoin against the U.S. dollar or some other fiat currency where you're you're buying Bitcoin low and then you're selling it for the fiat currency when it's high. If that's your only trading pair, that becomes toxic. Because like that poor chick that woke up, now you know what now she's doing? She's contemplating how much do you actually need to sleep and not lose your ever-loving mind? Honey, the answer is anywhere between six and eight hours. You can live on four every once in a while, but after a few weeks, um, you're going to need to make that up. And guess what? If you try to do it on a Saturday, no, no, honey, that's when it's going to crash because Bitcoin hates us all. You know why? We keep poking it with a stick. That's why. Okay. Other macroeconomic forces exist in the world. Yes, we all love Bitcoin. I get it. But other things exist. And they impact. And this one has an impact. Reuters. Claire Jim, Jonathan Stimple, and Dietrich Noth is writing this one. Evergrande files for U.S. bankruptcy protection as China economic fears mount. Embattled developer China Evergrande Group has filed for U.S. bankruptcy protection as part of one of the world's biggest debt restructurings. As anxiety grows over China's worsening property crisis and its impact on the weakening economy, China unexpectedly lowered several key interest rates earlier this week in a bid to shore up struggling activity and is expected to cut prime loan rates on Monday. But analysts say move so far has been too little too late with much more forceful measures needed to stem the economy's downward spiral. Once China's top-selling developer, Evergrande has become the poster child for an unprecedented debt crisis in the country's property sector, which accounts for roughly a quarter of the economy after facing a liquidity crunch in mid-2021. The developer has sought protection under Chapter 15, of the U.S. Bankruptcy Code, which shields non-U.S. companies that are undergoing restructurings from creditors that hope to sue them or to tie up their assets in the United States. While the step is seen as procedural, it indicates that the company is nearing the end of its restructuring process after more than one and one-half years of negotiations with creditors. Evergrande said in a filing on Friday that it will ask the U.S. court for recognition of schemes of arrangement under the offshore debt restructuring for Hong Kong and the British Virgin Islands as its dollar notes are governed by New York law. Quote, the application is a normal procedure for the offshore debt restructuring and does not involve bankruptcy petition. It said in the filing, according or adding, it is pushing forward with its offshore debt restructuring. The company proposed scheduling a Chapter 15 recognition hearing for, chap, or for September the 20th. Evergrande's offshore debt restructuring involves a total of, hold on to your ass, children, $31.7 billion, that's a billion with a B, which includes bonds, collateral, and repurchase obligations. It will meet with creditors later this month on its restructuring proposal. A string of Chinese property developers have defaulted on their offshore debt obligations since Evergrande, Evergrande ran into trouble, leaving unfinished homes, and unpaid suppliers, shattering consumer confidence in the world's second largest economy. Property investment, sales, and new construction starts 
have been contracting for over a year. The property crisis has also fanned worries about contagion risks. Yay, there it is. Ding, 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 ding to the financial system, which could have a destabilizing impact on an economy already weakened by tepid domestic and foreign demand, faltering factory activity, and rising unemployment. A major Chinese asset manager has missed repayment obligations on some investment products and warned of a liquidity crisis, while Country Garden, the country's number one private developer, has become the latest to flag a stifling cash crunch. Angry investors in trust products of Zonggrong International Trust Company, a unit of the asset manager, have lodged complaint letters with regulators pleading with the authorities, please help us to step in after the trust firm missed payments. Nomura on Friday followed some of the major global brokerages to cut China's growth forecast for this year. It now sees China's gross domestic product growing 4.6% this year, down from an earlier forecast of 5.1%. But much of that growth may have come in the first quarter after strict COVID curbs were lifted. China is targeting 5% growth for this year, but an increasing number of economists are warning that it could miss that goal unless Beijing ramps up support measures. (coughs) China's economic and property woes and the absence of concrete stimulus steps have sent a chill through global markets. Asian shares posted a third straight week of declines. Chinese blue chips dropped 1.2% on Friday, and Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index slumped 2.1%. In an attempt to boost investor confidence, China's securities regulator said on Friday that it would cut trading costs and support share buybacks as it unveiled measures aimed at reviving the stock market. But so far... The scope of support that Beijing has offered has underwhelmed financial markets, with some analysts wondering if policymakers are reluctant to risk adding to a mountain of debt created in part by the massive stimulus in the past. Quote, to be sure, the economic downturn is putting a great deal of strain on financial sector balance sheets, and it does increase the risk of a messy policy mistake if officials don't handle the situation with care. But... We still think a full-blown financial crisis is a tail risk rather than a probable outcome, Capital Economics said in a report. (laughs) I don't know, man. I take that last one with a grain of salt, gentlemen and ladies. Um, China's central bank reiterated that it would adjust and optimize property policies according to its quarterly policy implementation report this week. Since mid-2021, Companies accounting for 40% of Chinese home sales have defaulted, most of them private property developers. Longfor Group, China's second largest private developer, said on Friday that it would try to boost profitability in response to changing supply and demand. The Beijing-based developer posted a 0.6% rise in first half core profit, I don't know what that is, and said it would strive to return to positive cash flow this year and not take on new interest-bearing debt. Quote, the China property sector is like a black hole. So many developers have been dragged into it since two years ago after Evergrande, said Winner Zone Asset Management CEO and CIO Alan Luke. Quote, the central government has yet to introduce strong measures because this is too large of a hole to fill. All right, so I know that that's a lot, guys, but... The the Evergrande thing has been a a major problem for a long time. I'll bet, I'll bet you, you, when, like, if you hadn't heard of what was going on with China's Evergrande before this show, 
or you did, I'll bet the effect was the same on either group. You were like, oh, shit. I remember Evergrande. I remember the name. Yeah, and then you heard absolutely nothing about it for like well over a year. Well over a year. The property thing that's going on in China right now, and I'm not going to say it should scare the shit out of everybody. I'm just saying if, you know, if you're not living in, if you're not a Chinese citizen, you're not living in China, it's not that you don't have to worry about it, but you, you have the ability to watch it from afar. But if you're living in China as a Chinese national, this shit should scare the living piss out of everybody. It's just like, it, it, they have, I'm looking, I'm literally looking at a film that they're showing on this Reuters report. And all it's showing is just building, uh, we're talking 40 story buildings, guys, not like four or five, you know, story buildings, 15, 20, 30, 40 story buildings that are literally, they're fully built, but they're completely unfinished. There's no fronting. They're, they're, the the plumbing's probably in, you know, the electrical and plumbing and all that shit's in. There's no carpet. There's no windows. There's no furniture. There's no doors. There's no nothing. It's just these empty shells. And I'm not talking one or two. I'm talking like 20, 50, just row after row after row of huge, massive concrete development going nowhere. Going nowhere. And it's all going to fall down. And when they say contagion risk, and, and that, well, okay, they, the report was talking about contagion risk. This other guy would say, well, we think it's like sort of a long tail risk and not a probable outcome. And he's talking about this affecting everything. No, this thing is going to affect everything. You know, this is why even when Orange Coin decides to, you know, smack me upside of the head because I tried poking it with a stick, this is why I'm still glad that I buy Bitcoin and I hold that Bitcoin. And maybe this guy is going to do it too. We're going to get back down to South America and Argentina. Mile vows to pay country's debt while shuttering the central bank at the same time. This is out of Bloomberg. <coughs> Argentina's leading presidential candidate, Javier Mile, pledged to close the nation's central bank while saying he would make every effort to avoid a default on the country's sovereign debt if he wins the October vote. Mile, a radical libertarian whose surprise win in Sunday's primary vote roiled markets, told Bloomberg News his bold fiscal adjustment will boost Argentina's reputation and credit profile, making a default unnecessary. His plan includes slashing spending by at least 13% of gross domestic product before mid-2025 by dramatically downsizing public works, reducing the number of ministries, removing subsidies, and capital restrictions that would allow businesses to transact in United States dollars. More drastically, he also plans to shutter the central bank, which he has said has no reason to exist. And dollarize the $640 billion economy. Quote, I will make every effort to avoid a default, obviously. If you do the fiscal adjustment that's needed, 
the financing will be there. Oh, that's an if you build it, they will come kind of a thing. Whatever. Argentina's assets sold off after Melee, an outsider, few investors saw as a serious contender until now, came out ahead in the primary, seen as a barometer for presidential elections in a country where polls are notoriously unreliable. The slump forced the government to devalue its tightly controlled official exchange rate by 18% when markets opened the following Monday. In the first interview to foreign media after his unexpected win, Mele detailed his plan to scrap the Argentine peso for the United States dollar as a way to bring down inflation that's running at 113% and upped his criticism of the central bank, which he called the worst garbage that exists on this earth. Quote, central banks are divided in four categories. The bad ones, like the Federal Reserve. The very bad ones, like the ones in Latin America, the horribly bad ones, and then you have the Central Bank of Argentina, end quote. If Mele wins the presidency, he plans to hand over the keys to the Central Bank to economist Emilio Ocampo, his informal advisor on the dollarization program, so that he can shut it down. Ocampo will also help in negotiations with the International Monetary Fund, which has a $44 billion program with the South American nation. The candidate says he has no plans to ask the IMF for more money. Quote, a fiscal deficit is immoral. If you live continually with a fiscal deficit, you're going to be insolvent, Mele said. Mele also said he's already developed a plan to dollarize the economy, a vow or sorry, excuse me, a move he vows would be among his first in case he wins the October 22nd election. Argentina would follow El Salvador's model, allowing people voluntarily to choose between currencies. Once two-thirds of the monetary base is converted, the economy would become fully dollarized, he said. Quote, if nobody wants to have pesos in Argentina, the question is, how much are pesos worth in real terms? Nobody wants them. We're not talking about water in the middle of the desert. We're talking about something nobody wants, Melee said. The one-time congressman obtained more votes than the pro-business coalition led by Patricia Bullrich and the ruling per, uh, sorry, Peronist block of economy minister Sergio Massa, surprising pollsters who expected him to come in third. Investors are worried that the country is headed for its fourth debt workout in the past two decades. Something shiny happened. Okay, never mind. Now, among chief concerns for markets is that Mele, a political outsider, wouldn't be able to get backing for his plans. The 52-year-old, who doesn't shy away from criticizing politicians, says he has been robbing... Or Wait, hold on, hold on. The 52-year-old, who doesn't shy away from criticizing politicians, he says have been robbing Argentinians for decades, said he would call for referendums if he can't get legislative consensus to approve the measures. Quote, if I lower the currency risk and I lower the credit risk, that means country risk will plummet. It means that bonds are literally going to fly. The truth is it's a pretty simple trade. Or if you buy and hold, for example, returns in a year would be above 200%. Yo! In the wide-ranging interview, Mele also criticized China and Latin American leftist leaders he considers socialists. He said would seek to leave the Merskauer trade bloc and would quickly move to deregulate commodity markets. I don't know what to think of this guy. I, I don't. I have no idea. Yesterday, I was telling you that he was involved with CoinX, or at least he, I don't know, put 
buy Coinex on his Instagram account. It it's come to my attention. I was like looking at this later. I think he's won that that lawsuit that was against him, right? He seems to be free and clear, but that doesn't excuse the fact that he was knee-deep in the shit coinery when he was doing that kind of thing, right? He got a lot of people into trouble doing that. Right? So I don't like that part. But he says the things to close the central bank. He's doing a Ron, he's pulling a Ron Paul. you know. But he's getting a lot more traction in his country than Ron Paul got in, in our country. I mean, he's saying it like it is, but that's just, what am I trying to say? It's still a narrative until he actually takes steps and physical measures to do the thing. It's all just talk. And right now I don't trust him and I don't trust RFK. I don't trust the mayor of Miami. I, I don't trust Ron DeSantis. I honestly, there's almost every politician at this point that says the word Bitcoin, I immediately think they're just trying to run a narrative on the Bitcoin voting block. Don't fall for it. Look into these guys. Let's run the numbers. CNBC futures and commodities. I got Earl. West Texas Intermediate, anyway, is up one and a quarter percent to eighty-one dollars and forty cents. Brent North Sea is up almost a full point to eighty-four eighty-eight. Natural gas is down almost three percent to two dollars and fifty-four cents per thousand cubic feet. Gasoline up a half a point, two dollars and eighty-three cents. Supposedly, I've never seen that at a pump. Gold is up 0.15%, silver is up 0.2%, platinum is up 22 and copper is up almost a half. Palladium, knocking it out of the park, 3.2% to the upside. Almost all ag is up as well. Biggest winner today is wheat, almost four full points to the upside, followed by what else? Lumber, 1.83% to the upside. Biggest loser is chocolate, 1.35% to the downside, also known as cocoa. Live cattle up a quarter. Lean hogs, 3.35% to the upside. And feeder cattle, well, it's up a third. Dow is up 0.04%. S&P is down 0.14%. NASDAQ down a third. And the S&P mini is up a quarter of a point. Bitcoin is at $25,760. So we've lost some more. Oh, God. Average transaction value, one and a half BTC. Median transaction value is $13.50. Yeehaw. 10 minutes and 50 seconds is your average block time as of right now. 0.14 BTC taking the fees on a per block basis and damn near 20 taken overall in the last 24 hours. 7.78% to the downside leaves us with a hash rate that's still pretty damned impressive. 393.5 393.5 exahashes per second. Your shitcoin indicator is doge 6.3 United States pennies. I got a $505.8 billion market cap. Holy crap. We were at like 550 yesterday. That's a lot. That's a lot to go away. I'm not going to lie. There's no reason to lie to you. And there's no reason for you to lie to yourselves. Okay. That's where we're at. That's 4% of gold's market cap. There are 19,460,930.5 BTC in circulation at the time. Uh, 400, no, 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 4,644 of that 
are in the Lightning Network valued at $120.7 million, 16,306 nodes that we can see, sporting 68,443 payment channels that we know about, and 73.7% of that shit's being run over Tor. Now, blocks, there's a lot of them, about 140, in fact, carrying 397,000 unconfirmed transactions, High priority is going to get you, woo, 25 Satoshis per V-byte for a high priority transaction. You can get one in for a low priority at 17 Satoshis per V-byte, but everything under five and a half Satoshis per V-byte being purged from the mempool around the world. And what do we got for hash rate uh, on mempool.space is uh, flashing 354.1 exahashes per second. I'm still number five on the fountain charts. So thank you all, especially Bubba, who I haven't seen in a while. Good to see you back, Bubba. 5,000 Satoshi says, interesting crypto shit and wannabe shit sounds like a hot pocket. Wartime Psycho with, ooh, Row Ducks, 22.22 says, whoop, whoop. Uh, C.A. Danner with 21.21 says, thanks for the plebeian market plug. Added a new Satoshi white paper art piece up after selling one last week. Uh, go visit www.carolanddanner.com. That's www.carolanddanner.com. Dubrovko with a thousand says, per yesterday's whole coin website, I have a quote. Then boom, money gone, according to Novak. And then he comes back and replies to that, says, per Argentina, A, Pepperidge Farm remembers, <laughs> B, hopefully he is learning also regarding PayPal, then boom, money gone, according to Novak. Playing with your laptop on your balcony, then boom, money gone, according to Novak. Doxing your keys in online conversation, then boom, money gone. Playing arbitrage and exchanges, that is how SBF got to start in BTC. Then boom, money gone. <laughs> God's death, 370, I did it. Good shit on the new group. MCOT. 234 says, cheers. No, cheers. Axelrod with 194 says, bring in the hot news from the bleeding edge with style and class. Cheers. Thanks, Axel. Pies with 100. Thank you, sir. No, thank you. And that's going to do it for the weather report. Welcome to part two of the news that you can use. And we got a song. This one is charting number 37 on wavelake.com. That's W-A-V-L-A-K-E.com. The name is Through by the band Polanski.
That was Polanski with the song Through. Uh, support, you know, support your, your musicians that are trying to get away from the legacy music industry because you want to talk about something toxic. You don't want to have anything to do with that. In fact, you didn't want to have anything to do with that shit back in the 70s. And you think it got any better? No, it just got worse. Hell, even Pink Floyd's album, Wish You Were Here, there are there are several instances in the songs on that album that taught, that kind of give a little clue in to the music industry itself. And, and that was in the 70s, guys. I mean, or very late 70s, if not early 80s, but I'm pretty sure Wish You Were Here was done in the, I think... I, no, that would have been done in the er, that would have been done in the mid to early '80s. In either event, uh, even you know, even the guys from Pink Floyd, they they got it, they understood it, and that's one of the reasons why Rush had their almost immediately had their own uh, record label, so that they didn't have to deal with a lot of the crap, right? But they had to they had to navigate through it first. Now we have things like Wave Lake. Now we have things like the ability to support your local artists, the guys that you like. You know, you can go do that on Wavelake. So, in fact, go do that. Go get Polanski and see if you can get him up in the charts by throwing him some Satoshis because you can do it now with your Nostra login. That's right. If you didn't know that, you can go to Wavelake and you can log in with your Nostra account, at least as far as I know they, they did that because that's how, I'm pretty sure that's how I did it. Uh, somebody correct me on that. If I'm wrong, make sure that you tell me that I am completely, completely wrong and that I must be thinking about something else. All right. On to the news. Yes, it's the news that you can use. Board Ape Investors, Sue Sotheby's, Paris Hilton, and others as NFT prices collapse. Who, who saw this coming? Who possibly could have been here telling people to not buy bored apes and stupid digital rocks as NFT? Who was it? Oh, it was the toxic Bitcoin maximalists. Oh, well, don't get theirs, I guess. A group of investors is suing Sotheby's Holdings Incorporated and others over a 2021 auction and promotion of Bored Ape Yacht Club non-fungible tokens following a collapse in price for the celebrity-endorsed collectibles. You read that right. They're going to get sued. The four plaintiffs named in the class action lawsuit means there's a lot of people involved, alleged that the auction houses misleadingly promoted the NFTs and colluded with creator Yuga Labs to artificially inflate their prices. Sotheby's is among 30 defendants named in the lawsuit with celebrities like Justin Bieber. Paris Hilton also being accused of promoting the NFT collection without disclosing their financial links to it. According to cryptocurrency market tracker coin tracker coin gecko, the colorful digital illustrations of apes can now be bought for as little as $52,000. It's still stupid. As recently as May of 2022, the cheapest would have cost collectors over $400,000. In September of 2021, Sotheby's sold over 100 of the NFTs to a single buyer in an online auction for more than $24 million, beating the presale estimate of $12 to $18 million. The amended lawsuit, which was originally filed in December without naming Sotheby's as a defendant, claims the sale was deceptive 
and that the auction house had been hired by blockchain company Yuga Labs to generate investors' interest and hype around the Bored Ape brand. Quote, Sotheby's representations that the undisclosed buyer was a traditional collector has misleadingly created the impression that the market for Bored Ape Yacht Club NFTs had crossed over to a mainstream audience, the plaintiff's legal team added in a complaint filed in a federal court in California earlier this month. In a statement emailed to CNN, the auction house said, quote, the allegations in this suit are baseless and Sotheby's is prepared to vigorously defend itself. Representatives for Paris Hilton, whom the lawsuit accuses of having feigned interest in the NFTs for financial gain, and Justin Bieber did not respond to CNN's request for comment. A spokesperson for Yuga Labs, meanwhile, said via email, we believe that these new allegations, like those in the previous iteration of this opportunistic complaint, are completely without merit or factual basis. Quote, as a media and technology company, Yuga Labs has empowered strong communities of enthusiasts and entrepreneurs to innovate, collect, and build. Their creativity has fostered community-driven projects that have captured the imagination of people around the world. That's the story worth telling. Nah, that's the suit speak you gotta wrap a tie around. Man, that's bullshit. The investors a term that Yuga Lab spokesperson rejected, instead calling them alleged purchasers of our products. <laughs> you're not an investor. You're an alleged purchaser of our products. Wow. <laughs> They're seeking a jury trial and have requested more than $5 million in damages. Of course, that is talking about the investors. NFTs are used to transform work of arts and other digital collectibles into one-of-a-kind verifiable assets that can be traded via blockchains. Uh, prices soared in 2021 when they get into the whole LeBron James things and the whole nine cap, blah, 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 blah. So there, Sotheby's and Paris Hilton and Justin Bieber and apparently 30 other, or well, 27 other people are being named in this particular lawsuit. What do you think happens? You think it just goes away? I don't know, man. That's a that's kind of a bet. It's kind of a, a bet that I might actually make. Uh, hey, guys, hold on for just one second. I'll be right back. Sorry about that, guys. A little pause there. Had to get my son a fan, and it was being the plug was being a little uh, uh, wasn't wasn't playing well. Had to get it out for him. Um, so yeah, I I would take the bet that the uh, lawsuit is probably not going to have any effect whatsoever because all these people are protected. Sotheby's is not, Sotheby's is not somebody who you just sue. They've got property, property management in like every country in the world. They're not going to, they're not going to lose this lawsuit. Some, and I love the language of they're not investors. What do they call it? Uh, they're alleged purchasers of our products. That one is new one. Any of the memesters out there, man, just meme that shit into oblivion and make sure that you always tag it with NFTs and whatnot like that. Now that pie, uh, that pie coin or PayPal's uh, stable coin that I was talking about yesterday, Nakadai got back to me and he sent me a link to uh death code. That's uh, a website that's, I guess it's, I guess it's kind of like a GitHub repository, but it's not. Um, and he said nothing more about it, but I have the entire code for this bullshit stable coin 
right in front of me right now. It has several mentions, like at least three mentions. Let me do that. What? Let me do that again. Hold on. I want to so PayPal. I'm actually doing an F. Uh, oh no. Okay, I've got one. Yeah, <clears throat> I've got one instance of PayPal USD in this code. That by itself does not mean that it came from PayPal. Although I'm strongly suspecting that this is actually the code for PayPal because it is an ERC-20 token. Yes, it is. That's right. It's on Ethereum. Uh, And we knew that that was going to happen. But this does look legit. I'm not going to say that for what with 100%, you know, conviction because I could always be wrong. And I want you guys to understand that don't take my word for anything. Go check all this stuff out for yourself. But yeah, Nakadai uh, threw me this, and it is, in fact, the code that does have the freeze your wallet, unfreeze your wallet, and burn your coins if your wallet got frozen. So they can freeze your wallet, and then they can make do, a, uh, rea- do another function, and that function call is to burn the tokens in that frozen wallet. So don't trust PayPal at all. Do not use PayPal stablecoin. Don't use it. Don't use it. Don't use it. Please, for the love of God, don't use it. All right, let's see. What do we got here? A little bit of AI stuff. 40% of workers will need a new job training due to AI, according to a report from IBM. Decrypt, Pedro Salamano has it. Employees may now need to finally brush up on their AI prompting per new research. Due to the introduction of artificial intelligence and automation, a new report from IBM explains roughly 1.4 billion people, no, dollars, 1.4 billion people will be infected, uh, affected, God, having problems, hold on, in fact, 40% of workers will need new job skills over the next three years, according to a survey of thousands of C-suite executives. The IBM report draws on two prior studies. One looked into a survey of 3,000 C-level executives across 28 countries, and the other assessed 21,000 workers in 22 nations. Many respondents said they think AI will displace humans outright, with the report noting that employees may think that, by partnering with AI, they are training their replacement. Conversely, 87% of the executives believe job roles are more likely to be increased. Quote, generative AI will augment far more employees than it will replace, said 9 out of 10 executives surveyed. The reskilling needs are varied and, according to IBM researchers, highlight the volatility of the talent landscape. The research highlights this by pointing out that executives now see the STEM field as less important, suggesting that these are not the most critical skills an employee needs. Oh, God. Instead... Executives are increasingly more focused on developing people skills such as communication and time management. The ability to prioritize now leads the list of the most important skills a worker needs. IBM calls this change a, quote, new skills paradigm. This represented a mixed bag to the researchers who observed that there was a disconnection between executives who are rushing to automate at all costs and employees who believe the work they do is more important than who they work with. Asking questions to determine what, where that line will be key, says the report. Okay, quote, which tasks require human touch? What is an acceptable margin of error? 
And where does the responsibility fall if machines or humans don't live up to expectations, reads the research. These will become quintessential, especially with executives and employees at odds. One thing is for certain. AI is going to transform their workplaces no matter what. To succeed, the IBM report concluded companies will need to prioritize with purpose and make work more rewarding. So I get that there's still always going to be a lot of people who really hate AI. And my heart goes out to you because you're going to have to live with it. So it's one of those things. It's like how I learned to love AI and started being happy or whatever the name of that book is. How I learned to how got to be happy and learned to love the bomb, which I think was turned into Dr. Strange love in either event. It's with us. It's going to stay with us. It's going to get worse. And when I mean worse, I mean, I shouldn't say worse. It's going to become more prevalent. It's going to reach out over everything. You might as well figure out how it works. And for God's sakes, if you got kids, get them into it because they, you don't want them getting left behind unless you own a farm out in the middle of freaking nowheresville. And those kids have told you time and again that they want to stay on the farm after they're grown up and they want to be a help farm and do nothing but farm work. Then sure, I guess. But even in that scenario, by the time they do grow up, AI probably be able to help optimizing, you know, seed seeding rates, you know, uh, optimizing, you know, uh, like organic fertilization, water needs. There's a, don't, don't count AI out of that. Okay. I'm, I'm just saying now, uh, one of those, one of those jobs, I'm not going to read this one, But there's another one about AI that says Google is testing a new artificial intelligence life coach. So you're talking about like when these, you know, these, these people that are talking about the IBM guys that are talking about, uh, you're going to need to retool or whatever. Now we've got one that's talking about, well, maybe you don't need that therapist. Well, you, maybe you don't need that professional life coach and their jobs may very well be affected. However, guess who in that field will survive? The life coaches that figure out how to use AI and get better and use it to get better at what they already do. Nobody really just wants to replace a human. You know, I mean, and honestly, I'm not really going to trust AI at this juncture to be able to do shit like write my resume for me. And I'm sure as hell not going to take therapy sessions from AI. But the therapists that refuse to touch it in the future will probably be the therapists that get less and less clients. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Now we got some we got some Noster problems. Um and we're gonna go through a couple of these. Let me get them set back up because they're my primal for some reason likes to crash. So now there's this dude named Ivan, and he's talking about algorithms and Noster. And I think this may have been one of the very first discussions yesterday that started people bitching about primal and algorithms. And well, let's just let Ivan tell you about it. Algos that can be exploited will. The solution is not to ban, but to actually improve your algo. For instance, primal 24-hour trending is easily gamed. I have done it and learned by seeing others do it previously. 
Semisol is next level to troll it, which is great too. Banning him for, from trending is not a solution. He could easily troll Primal tomorrow with a new NPUB and continue this every day for eternity. There seems to be honest sat spammers. I got hit hard by one today. Seems like the whole trending did too. However, I don't think it's valuable for those posts to trend for most people unless they are in their following circle. Most are against algorithms, but in reality, many average users want something to save them time to see what was going on that day easily and quickly. For Primal, I'd suggest for anyone who has signed in to get rid of the current 24-hour trending and replace it with something like 24-hour trending of your followers or followers of your friends by default. Where only those NPUBs, likes, and zaps are counted, no people outside that circle can count towards that total so it is more genuine. Also, only count one zap and one like max for every NPUB to eliminate gaming by sat spamming and liking. I get that going to primal.net not signed in is nice and all to see a trending list, but it's just too easily gamed and will result in being completely useless. How about default to a homepage showing trending hashtags or something encouraging to make an account? That isn't an easy thing to solve and just some of my thoughts. Respect those who are building these things and trying to solve these hard problems. We need spam and other attack. Hold on. We need spam and other attacks like algo gaming to improve, bad sentence, like Bitcoin didn't actually solve on solving the scaling problem until we got mempool spam and a civil war followed. Growing pains, but it's cool there are so many other clients with different solutions already. All right, so he's talking about gaming the trending bar that's in the right-hand side of primal.net, which is my, well, that's my, my Nostra browser of choice on desktop. And, well... It appears that Corn DeLorean did exactly that. And he did it to prove a point, by the way. So let's hear what Corn DeLorean has to say. And this was yesterday. If you want to see some algorithmic fuckery, go look at the trending posts right now on Primal. I've been noticing a trend with the trending posts and did an experiment to see if I'm right, and I believe that I am. I posted this meme below and then zapped it myself repeatedly using anonymous zaps. All of the top trending posts are either full of dozens and dozens of little anon zaps, or zaps by this Bitcoin faucet zapper bot. Completely useless feed and 100% manipulated. What can be done to make this a more meaningful feed? I agree. I mean, I'm, I look at the trending, I've got the trending 24 hour, and I see the same people on it all the time. You know, it's Tatum turned down, and I like Tatum. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not bagging on any of these people, but I do see the same guys trending all the time, and it's Tatum, it's Lynn Alden, it's Sir Sleepy, it's Himmel, it's, you know, Jack Mallers and Jack and Gigi and, and Guy Swan, and I love all of these people. So please, please, please don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not bagging on the people that are in the trending, but when the trending looks the exact same every single day, and I'm not talking about the particular note. I'm just talking about the account or the NPUB involved in, in that trending list. When it looks pretty much the same every single day, I stop looking at it, right? So Corn DeLorean has, well, he has a very good point. Now, it so happens that 
uh, Miljan from Pri- from Primal wrote back to Corn DeLorean, and he says, "Thanks for reporting this. We can definitely update the logic to exclude obvious wash zapping, but as Hoddlebod said below, zaps can be faked in less obvious ways, so they will never be bulletproof. A more advanced solution would indeed involve." WOT analysis, which we are planning to get into in the coming weeks. All right. Corn DeLorean was, was hap, seems happy with that response. I won't re, read what he wrote back, but he seems okay. But here's Simisol. Simisol says the following in this third and final instance of what's going on with this whole trending thing. Simisol says, it is now official. Primal actively censors some user profiles depending on how they feel like doing so. Miljan from Primal comes back and says, yes, Primal absolutely engages in content filtering. We filter out spam from all of our feeds. This includes a bunch of pub keys that post the same note over and over and over again. We also ensure that pub keys who actively try to game our trending algorithm with bogus zaps, likes, etc. are no longer able to trend This is a service to our users. We will soon offer the option where users can set the list of pub keys that should never be filtered, therefore giving each user the final word on filtering. Given that our entire stack is open sourced under the MIT license, everyone is free to stand up their own clones of Primal and set their own rules. Let the most competent operator win. Finally, the beauty of Noster is that you don't need to use Primal at all. There are many great alternatives. So all those who don't like the way we run things have their other options. At the end of the day, all Nostra clients will compete in providing the highest quality signal to the users, and we are here for it. So what's my stance on all of this? I think both sides are absolutely correct. I think Corn DeLorean is absolutely correct. I think Simisol is absolutely correct. I also think Miljan is absolutely correct. And only an open source protocol like Noster would allow me to be able to see both sides of the fence as being correct. Nobody is in the wrong here. It will be the fact that you can have custom algorithms on different clients for the Noster API feed. I want that. I want to be able to select an algorithm that shows me, I don't know, whatever it is, right? I want to be able to have no algorithm at all. I want to know what the algorithm actually is freaking doing. Because Twitter has an algorithm. You have almost no idea what it's doing. Sure, they released a lot of the stuff about their algorithm, you know, a few months back. Do you know if it's the same algorithm now? Do you think that it's a high probability that they've changed that algorithm since they released that? I do. We don't know what the hell X or Twitter or whatever the hell it's called. We don't know what they're doing. At least here, we have the choice. And that's a good thing. And like Miljan said, if you don't like Primal, there's Snort. There's Coracle that Hoddlebod works on. There's all kinds of different clients. And you're free to choose among anyone that you want. We have never had this choice in social media before. And we should be damned happy that we are actually witnessing what's going on with the trending thing in Primal. We should be thrilled that this is occurring. 
Okay, so for don't get your what I'm suggesting is please don't get your panties in a snit about all this and get angry at either Semisol or Miljean or Corn DeLorean or anybody else for that matter. Right? If we don't figure out how to work together, then Elon Musk is gonna always be in the lead. If we can work together, we might be able to dethrone him. But that's a story for another day. That's gonna do it for the morning roundup. Dad says jokes to finish out your week on this Friday. My son just accused me of lying. I wouldn't mind, but I don't have any children. A little bit on the weak side. That's okay. It's been a bad day for almost everybody in the space. My heart goes out to every single one of you guys that are going into the weekend with a whole bunch of people that have lettuce and paper and everything, but you know, strong hands. It's, it's kind of sad to see, but we've been here before on several occasions and there's honestly, we've got a ways to go, right? We're months away from having, I don't think we're going to see ramp ups anytime. And in fact, I'm looking for, what are we going to, what are we seeing right now? Hold on. Let me, uh, let me get trading view up just so I can see where we're at. It always sucks when I have to do this. Okay, we're back up just a hair over 26,000, according to who, what, what's this one? Uh, Bitstamp. What's the other one? And then, man, this, this is bugging me, man. Binance has got a price of 26,650. Bitstamp has 26,048. That's an arbitrage opportunity. Now, don't go do it. I'm just saying, how the hell do we have like $570 or $580 worth of drift between the prices of Bitcoin on Bitstamp versus Binance? That's that's a huge gap. What the hell is going on? I, I can't tell. I, I don't see a whole lot of difference in... Let's see. Hold on. I don't see a whole hell of a lot of difference in uh, volume between the two. I, it's just, I don't know. It's weird. I'm just looking at this massive price differential. Um, so I, I definitely like the $26,654 one. I like it better than $26,056. Tell you that much right now. But again, trading this stuff makes the very thing that you love toxic to you. You buy Bitcoin, you hold Bitcoin, and I'll see you on the other side. Yeah, you thought I was done with you. No, I'm not done with you just yet. I forgot. I had a second song that I'm going to let play out. This is, or play us out. This is uh, What's On My Mind by Wobbity. Currently number 36 on wavelake.com. That's wavelake.com.
This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.